to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Carrie, thank you. Worship team, thank you. Paxton and some of the guys, or about five or six of our guys, they're in Red River, so don't cry for them right now, but they're in Red River this weekend at a men's retreat. They do it every year about this time, and so it's beautiful to have a church that can row your worship pastor out with some of the guys on the worship team, and a worship team comes in and just leads to the throne, so that says a lot about them and who we are as a church, so thank you for that, worship team. We love you for that. I want to say a big welcome to those who are joining us online. Thank you so much. We love you. So I'm in a series Jumped in a couple of weeks ago, simply titled History. History. It's kind of a play off that word because you take the word history and the first three letters is H-I-S because it's his story. What we're looking at is his story because here's what you gotta understand, church. When you see his story, mm, you see your story. See, what God does is God picks up the pen of our life and he writes our story, but he writes it just like he's written it for others. Not identically, but he's the same God. So the same God in the Old Testament is the same God today. It just wasn't God back in the Old Testament and some new God now. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If you get nothing else more from this series, please understand that whatever you find yourself, whatever you're going through, whatever you know about God, just know this about your God. He's the same God in the Old Testament, the same God in the New Testament, the same God today, the same God forever. Our God does not change. He doesn't change. He's always good, always on time, always the provider, and always worthy to be trusted. That's our God. He doesn't move. He doesn't change. Today, we're going to look at Abraham. Whoo! Abraham, mm, the father of the nation. God wanted Abraham, chose Abraham, picked Abraham to be the father mm, of a nation. And we're in it. Abraham was a man. If you say the word Abraham, here's what comes after that, faith. Abraham was a man of faith. You can't hardly even say the word Abraham without thinking about faith. We're gonna see two different scenarios where Abraham absolutely 110% has faith. He just trusted God. And I want you to understand, church, we talked about Hebrews 13, eight, okay? You're gonna know that like John 3, 16 before this is over, all right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
I don't need you just to know that scripture. I don't need you to repeat that scripture. I don't need you to say, that's a good one, preacher. I need you to understand that scripture right there has got to be a foundation verse for your life. Because no matter what you come up against, you gotta understand that my God does not change. Circumstances, situations, hard times, good times, bad times, droughts, floods, it doesn't matter. My God will come through because my God doesn't change. And you don't, you don't have to say that's a nice verse. You have to concrete that in as a pillar of your life. That's an immovable thing. I said before, if man can talk you into it, man can talk you out of it. But when God speaks it, he backs up a cement truck and he pours concrete on it. That's gotta be that verse in your life. You've gotta understand that no matter what happens in my life, man, my God doesn't change. My God doesn't change. You have to understand something, though. You're going to have the time in your life. There's gonna come a time in your life where you're gonna have to not just know that verse and think that verse is cute and sweet and warm fuzzies. That church, that, that verse is gonna be demanded of you. You're gonna have a time that comes up that you're gonna have to decide, mm, is that just a verse or is that my life? Do I believe that or do I trust that? Because God doesn't change, my friend. He's the same God. So we looked at faith we looked at faith. Definition of faith contains two aspects. We've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. There's, there's believe and there's trust, all right? There's, there's intellectual assent if you want to, okay? Noggin, head. There's believe and then there's trust. You say, well, do you have to have both to have faith? Yes, you cannot have one without the other because if you have one without the other, you don't really have faith. Because you can't just have faith if you believe. You gotta have faith if you believe and trust. It can't be one or the other. It's gotta be both. And so faith makes up both, that you believe he's the same God and that you trust that he's the same God. Believing in something, all right? So I asked you earlier about that verse. Here's a question. Do you believe it's true? Do you believe that verse is true? Not just a neat verse, not a sweet verse, not a cool verse, not a verse that's nice to say in church, but is that a verse that you've concreted in your life for the, for the purpose of moving forward with God? You don't change. Doesn't change. So believing in something is true. Trust, hmm, that's where it changes. Trust is actually relying on that. One thing to believe it, another thing to rely on it. Best example is my good old black chair. Y'all like my chair? Because here's the deal. My chair is going to be here till turkey day, all right? So <laughs> if you like turkey, like my chair, okay? So chair is the best way to describe that. Let me pull it for a little bit more, all right? Here's my chair. Best way to describe faith is teach it through a chair. Now, you and I in the room and online believe that that's a chair. You've been taught it was a chair, People have told you that was a chair. You know the purpose of the chair is to support you, all right? That's a chair only if that chair supports you, correct? Because I guarantee if that chair doesn't support you, you're not gonna call that a chair. What you're gonna call that, we don't say in church. So listen to me. That, that chair is designed to support you. That is a chair. We believe 
that's a chair. But when you take faith, faith is not just believing that's a chair. Faith is actually trusting that's a chair. So how do you trust it's a chair? Well, you trust it's a chair when you rely on that chair. See, I can sit all day and talk about that chair, but I'm just as tired, my legs hurt just as much if I talk about it. If I want any relief, anything to change in my life, I'm gonna have to trust in the chair, amen? Because if you've been needing to sit down and you find a chair or a couch and you sit on it, what do you do first? And if you have a sweet tea, it's even better, all right? That's the truth. Let me tell you something. You can believe our God never changes. But when you need to rely on him, you're gonna sit in this chair. Because if you'll trust him, you sit down, you seem back and go, that's my God. That's my God. That's not the God I just sing about. That's not some verse in the Bible. That's my God. He's still alive. He's alive. He's still doing it. He's still on the move. He's still the same God. When, it, when you see God like that and experience God like that, that changes everything. We looked at Noah last week. <laughs> Woo. He built that boat over 100 years, got in the boat with his wife, three sons, and their wives, about 16,000 animals. God shut the door because God told him to build the boat and it never rained before, remember? Then he'd get on the boat, and for seven days, it doesn't rain. Who do you think talked first? Uh, excuse me, mister. Them animals back there, they poop, and it's starting to sneak in here. It hadn't rained yet. Where's the rain? That's what happens. But when God speaks, you trust. You don't demand, you trust. You don't say, where are you, buddy? You trust. You sit in the chair by faith and you trust. It's one thing to believe, it's another thing to trust. God isn't looking. Mm. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people of faith. He's not looking for a perfect church, doesn't exist. He's looking for a church that has faith a people of faith. That's what the church was created for. That's why he launched the church. That's why he's called the head of the church because the body should listen to the head of the church. He's looking for a people of faith. Listen, Abraham was not perfect, but he was a man of faith. And when God spoke, he moved. God is asking you today, you believe in me? Do you trust me? Show me your faith. Sit in the chair. I've explained it before. If I say I'm gonna step off this stage, that's a pretty good size step. It used to not be as big. We remodeled it, right? But this is, say I'm gonna step off this stage. Many of us will not step off this stage unless a step appears. But you know what? If a step appears, that's not faith. If I can see the step that I'm about to step on, that does not require me trusting God. 
requires me to trust me. All I got to do is put my foot on that step and I'll be fine. But if there is no step and God asks me to step, then will I step? Because God says faith is seeing nothing but stepping like there's something. That's faith. He said that I will create something out of nothing. See, we walk by faith, not by sight. If I step by faith, believing that my God mm, is the same God, then I trust that God, before my foot lands, will make a step. See, what happens to you as a believer is this. The first step you ever take, just like a baby, it's the hardest one to take. But when you take that first one, and God makes a step, and your foot lands on it, whoo, it's like sitting in that chair having a sweet tea. You're like, mm-hmm, that's my God. So then when he says step again, guess what? The confidence of knowing that God will come through for you makes that step a little bit easier. Then that next step a little bit easier. Then that next step a little bit easier. You get my drift? Some of you say, well, man, I don't know if I can have the faith of Abraham. You don't have to have the faith of Abraham. You just have to have your faith. And when God says step, you step. Even though you don't see a step, you got to step. Because if you could see the step, it wasn't faith. And if you can't see the step, it's faith. And you got to trust God that he said, I, just like I spoke this world in the creation, I will speak something out of nothing. We got all kind of evidence with our eyes that he is the same God. He's about to paint our landscape prettiest colors you've ever seen to remind us that he ain't changing. Same God. It's not enough to trust his creation of what you see, but do you trust him for who he really is in the word? If he says it, will you do it? There's a lot of voices today. Is he your only voice? He's gotta be your only voice. Nothing wrong with having voices. You can talk to people. You can consult people. You can have people mentor you. You can have people speak into your life. But the bottom line is this. When all of that is done, the most important voice you ever hear and the most important voice you follow is God. When God says it, you do it, period. A lot of voices, but he's the one true voice. Abraham can't say the word without thinking of what? Faith, faith, faith. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. I want you to see. We're gonna to try to look at two different aspects of Abraham. There's a lot to Abraham, but I'm gonna just kind of zero in on two things. This is your first faith step that Abraham took. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And the Lord said to Abram, he's not even Abraham at this time. We'll get to that, all right? The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to a land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife, Sarah, she's not even Sarah yet, 
That's another story too, all right? The, the nephew Lot, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they've acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. By faith, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a land that he would inherit, okay, he called to go to a land he didn't even know. He went out of obedience. He went, he went just out of faith. He didn't even know the name or the place that he was going. God just said, get your stuff and go, and I will bless you. How many of us would just get everything, step out and go? Abraham did that, or Abram did that. He had great faith in God. He didn't even know where he was going. Didn't even know where, how many of us are like, I'll do this, God, but you gotta tell me what it looks like, how it feels like, what I'm gonna get paid, all this other stuff. God's like, no, 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 no. I'm simply asking you to go and trust me. Because we just wanna know everything before we step. If you know everything, it's not really faith, amen? Faith is stepping because God says go. If God says to go, you go. And he says, I've got you if you'll just step. Abraham believed the Lord. But Abraham also trusted the Lord. We say, well, I believe in God. Well, listen to me. The Bible tells us that even demons believe in God. Shouldn't we be a little more than a demon? Just saying. <laughs> Some of you are like, you call me a demon? I'm about to see you at the church. I'm not calling you a demon. I'm just saying if all you do is believe in God, you're equal to a demon. He says that you must trust me. Trust me. So let me ask you a question. You ever had an Abraham moment? You ever had an Abraham moment? Job, family, life, career, where you are, where you went to college, what you did after college, maybe right now. Some of us have Abraham moments where God speaks to us and we go. Some of us find ourselves thrown into Abraham moments and we didn't even ask to be there. We just find ourselves there. Can I say something to you? In the middle of your Abraham moment, what'd you learn about God? What'd you learn about God? What'd you learn about yourself? Melissa and I had an Abraham moment. We spent six years after we got married in Arkansas. We called that our mission field, all right? Our children were born, sorry to say this, but our children were born in Arkansas. But as missionaries, you claim your land where your parents are from, amen? So they're Texans. We were just on the mission field for a little bit, amen? But seriously. But we went to Arkansas as soon as we got married. Spent six years, almost six years in Arkansas. Melissa is from Longview, Texas, graduated from Longview High School. She's a Lobo. All her family's in that area. So we have a chance to come back after six years in Arkansas to a, to a really dynamic church in Longview, Texas. So I come back. We come back as a student pastor. 
and we buy a home exactly where we want to, right? In a neighborhood, they say, this is where you want to buy it. And I mean, you know, I'm thinking sports and bread. You've seen the size of bread. I'm thinking football. And I'm like, I'm grooming him. You know, he's like three years old. Dad, I don't even understand. You know, I have to eat footballs. But, but he doesn't get it right now. So, so we buy in Spring Hill. It's right where you want to be. We think we're good. We've been there almost about two years. Everything's great. We have 200 plus students. I mean, they're awesome youth. I mean, they're rocking the world. I mean, church is dynamic. Lives are changed. I mean, we're just rolling. I mean, we ain't even really got settled yet, all right? And this pastor from Amarillo starts calling. I'm like, Amarillo, good gosh. It's way out there. He calls me. He says, hey, man, I bumped into these three people, and they tell me you're going to be my youth pastor. I'm like, <laughs> Then some bad people. I don't know who you're talking to. I don't know who you're bumping into, but I'm not going to Amarillo, Texas, all right? And so he says, well, well, will you pray about it? I said, I'll pray about it. Just about like that, all right? And he said, I just want you to pray about it. I said, all right, I'll pray about it. He says, well, I'm going to check in every once in a while and see how you're doing. I said, that's fine. I said, but don't wait on me. I'm serious. He said, all right. He didn't just call every once in a while checking in. Call once a week for like three and a half months, I don't even know how to tell this guy no anymore, all right? So he calls me a little before Thanksgiving. He says, hey, I, I, listen to me. I, I know you're really not interested and all this stuff, but, but, here's what, but I, I really feel like you're going to be my youth guy. I'm like, he says, so I got a plane ticket for you. I'm like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> so he got a plane ticket for you. I want you to fly you out of here the Friday after Thanksgiving, and I want to take you to Texas. I want to take you to the big Texan, feed your ribeye. I'm like, now we talking? I can be bought, you know? And so, and he said, I want you to meet my staff and I want you to look at the church. I'm like, all right. So I told Melissa, I said, baby, here's the deal. This guy just wants to pay for me to go to the Amarillo. He just eat a ribeye. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I guess I'm supposed to do that. And so she says, well, you gotta go. I said, I'm just gonna go out there and eat a ribeye, meet the staff, look at the church, tell him no, and maybe he'll stop calling. All right, you just go do that. So I don't know what's going on in her, but whew, it was good, but I didn't ask, so I just take off. I fly to Amarillo. Mm, I'm just telling y'all, coming in from the east, it got to be a different direction to come in. I mean, they would be better off just circling back out by Albuquerque, coming in that way or something. I mean, that's just not a good, I mean, big old circles. I'm like, what's with the circles, man? The UFOs out here or something? I don't know what the circles are. And these poor cows, man, there's these little, what I know now is playas. They got no water like this. They got 90 cows. <laughs> I mean, even the cows are miserable. I don't want to come. I mean, that's just nothing to look at when you come in. And so I'm just sitting in the plane, a little bit cocky going, <laughs> yeah, that's just confirmation. That cow ain't happy. I don't know what the circles are. I don't even get it. I mean, no, no, no. So we land, we go to Big Texan, eat a ribeye, <laughs> waved at the rattlesnake, glad they had those cages. But, but you know, ate the ribeye, met the staff, went to the church, all this stuff. All that's great. I'm doing all of that, and I'm trying hard not to like anything. But inside, man, it's, something's up, you know? Something's up. So I stay in the hotel right across from BSA. And then it was the best Western. I have no idea what it is now. But so I stayed there. Now, listen to me. I'm, I'm never sick. I mean, I mean, never sick, okay? I could be in a room with sick people and probably not get sick. It's just, we, I'm weird like that, okay? That's that Cherokee in me or something. I don't know what's going on. But, but I don't get sick. I don't have allergies. I don't do any of that stuff. 
I'm laying there in the middle of the night and I get sick as a dog. I mean, sick, sick. I mean, hugging the porcelain pony and all that stuff. I mean, it's just bad sick, all right? And I'm like, all I gotta do tomorrow is fly home. Woo, that's a great thing to do when you're sick, all right? Just get on the airplane. And so I'm sick. So you know what you do when you're sick, right? You're like, well, you know, this is God. Mm, it's so God. God's like, see that circles? See them poor cows? Mm, don't come. Just don't come. Don't come. You don't know anybody in Amarillo. Nobody knows you. It's a terrible place to live. They say the wind blows 90 miles an hour every day, every day. And the snow goes sideways. There's no reason to have gutters because it never gets in anyway. I mean, they just, I mean, all this stuff. Don't go, don't go. It's just dirt and wind. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't go. So this is this guy trying to tell me, don't go. But I'm laying there. You know what? It'd also be the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy what God's written on my life. You gotta be careful when you let circumstances be the only interpretation for God. Can I say that for you? Because I, I, I get around people sometimes that say, well, you know, pastor, if it's hard, it's not from God, but if it's easy, it's from God. Really? You learned that in Southwestern Seminary? I mean, I... That's not in my Bible, man. Noah gets on a boat after being told it's gonna rain. It didn't rain for seven days. I'm sure somewhere in seven days, he's like, seriously, seriously. To me, I build that boat that long, 100 years plus, God shuts the door, it needs to sprinkle when God's shutting the door. You know what I mean? Can it just not sprinkle a little bit? By the time I get settled in that boat, I mean, I better not be able to see a tree in front of me. It ought to be a dadgum Florida downpour. You know what I mean? Seven days. What? Who? Seriously? So that's not in the Bible. So, the, so sometimes, yes, you, you can look at circumstances, but you better do what? One voice. If God says, go, you go. And circumstances get hard, it doesn't change God. God never changes. Either it's his voice or it's not his voice. Either he speaks to his sheep as a shepherd or he doesn't. My Bible tells me he does. Be careful looking only at circumstances to interpret God's voice. If God says it, it could get tough and it could be easy. But if God says it, he will be the provider, all right? Don't go with the easy, it's God, and hard, it's not God. Mm. No. I hear people, God sold my house in one hour. I'm like, okay, God sold mine in 90 days, okay? But he's still my same God. If God says go, you go. So we, so I go back home, <laughs> and I'm too chicken to talk to Melissa the first day. So we're going to walk. She says, are you ever gonna tell me about going to Amarillo? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big old chicken. <laughs> I, she said, listen to me. I already know we're going to Amarillo. I knew before you left. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> That's how God speaks, amen? My, God's already told my wife who needed to know first, it's her, her homeland, it's her, her family. It, God, God spoke, she had a peace. I said, baby, I couldn't say no. And she said, it's okay. I already know. And we're like, we're pushing 
like Brett's on a little scooter, and he's like right there, and we stop, and I got Nally in the stroller. We look up, Brett's at the end of the street. Can't you already see the kid? We don't even pay attention to our son. We're sitting there talking, and Brett's way up. Brett, get back here. Way down there, man. But listen to me. Here's what I'm saying to you. God speaks. You know it. Both of you know it. So God said, go. We don't know a so in Amarillo. Nobody. No friends. Nobody. Don't know anybody. So we go to Amarillo. Can't find nothing to live. Can't find a house. Can't find nothing. Eating at Applebee's on Sancti with a gentleman in the church. He says, find a house yet? I said, no. He said, uh, why not? I said, I just can't find one. I like to build. I like to get some country. Why don't you go to Bushland? I said, what? Bushland. This is an O2. I said, Bushland? Where's Bushland? He said, it's about eight miles behind us on I-40, just west. I said, <laughs> I thought that was New Mexico. He said, no, there's really some more Texas out here, all right? So he was building a house for his wife, so for him, not for his wife, for his daughter and his son-in-law. So we drive out here, and the next day we meet a guy and buy a lot in Prairie West, and we build a home, move into it in October. We stay on staff at Quail Creek six years, and then this little church takes a chance on us, man, calls us as pastor. Let me say something to you. Psalm 119 says this. Your word's a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes you have to position yourself in the word. And when you get in the word, your faith increases. And then he puts you in a position mm, that you never saw yourself to show you the purpose he has for you. Getting me and Melissa and our family to Amarillo, that wasn't a real deal. We stopped in Memphis, Texas when we were driving up. Our stuff left before us. We got Melissa driving a Suburban. I'm driving my truck, Brett and Allie. No seatbelts, sorry. Laying in the back. Y'all done it too. Sleeping. <laughs> Drive all night. Why? Because peace, all right? It's peace, all right? Peace is a good deal, all right? We stop in Memphis, Texas. I leave Longview, Texas. It's warm, February, warm, no wind. Get in Memphis, get out at Memphis, open a door, and it's like freezing. Wind's blowing, paper cuts blowing everywhere, trash blowing everywhere, and I was like, I'm getting back in, oh, Lord. I mean, that's what I want to do. And so I go over, and I'm pumping gas in both vehicles, and Melissa comes up to me, and she says, do you ever think that we're going out there for more than what we're going out there for? All right, I'm listening to ESPN Talk Radio. I'm not anywhere near where she is. She's in the suburban. She's, she's got her Bible open, got worship. They're taking communion. Her and Jesus like hanging out in there. I'm over here. Chris Berman saying, he could go all the way. I'm like, she gets out at a whole nother level I'm at, man. And here I am. I just took my family, moving them to Amarillo. And my wife, who's hanging with Jesus, coming up 287, asked me, the leader of our home, you think we're coming out there for more than what we're coming out there for? I'm like, well, the Cowboys have a draft pick number 17. I'm like, golly, boy, you better step up, man. And so that's what she said to me. And I said, baby, I, 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 I don't know. 
Good answer. <laughs> and she said, I just feel like that what we're going out there for is not what we're really going out there for. Okay, husbands, can I get your attention for a second? When I got back in my truck, did I turn that radio back on? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I went silence from Memphis to Amarillo to the Quell Creek Apartments. We arrived at 2.15 a.m. It was 11 degrees. It was not 11 when I left Longview, right? Let me say something to you. If you hear his voice and you step in faith, just trust God that he will provide everything else. I want you to go real quickly. I don't have much time, but you gotta go quick because I want you to see this. Go to Genesis chapter 22. You say, well, man, that's a lot of faith that Abraham just showed. <laughs> oh, that was just warm-up act. Genesis chapter 22, he gets tested again. I want to begin in verse 5. So God speaks to Abraham and tells him to take his son, some firewood and a knife, and go worship him, build an altar and worship him. So he gets two of his servants and a donkey, and they set out to do it. Verse 5, he said to his servants, you stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We, watch this faith, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it, placed it on his son Isaac, and he and himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said, Father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, mm. Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself mm, will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went together. When they reached the place God told them about, Abraham built an altar and there arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. He laid him on the altar, on the top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son just as he'd been commanded. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here am I, he replied. Do not lay hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. You talking about faith. Abraham believed, he and Sarah, they wouldn't even have a child. But God told him that you would be the father of nations and your descendants would outnumber the stars. And when, they were, when Abraham was 100, he gave birth to Isaac. Now the only son that God gave him up at this point, he, he's asked to take him and sacrifice him foretelling for us of the only son that God would send on our behalf. The lamb that God would provide for us. I want you to go over to James. I don't want you to miss this and we'll wrap up. 
James 5, look at verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone would say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his action were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. I believe that's a chair. Oh no, now it's a chair. When my belief and my trust produce an action in the same God, then that, my friend, is faith. The same God that spoke to Abraham is the same God that speaks to you, to you, to you, to you, to you. He ain't changed. Abraham was called to go to a land he didn't even know of. Finally got a son named Isaac. God, by faith, asking him to go up and sacrifice him on an altar. Abraham never, ever wavered, ever wavered. He said, we'll come back. We will come back. He asked his son, said, where's the lamb, dad? He said, God will what? Provide. Quit, quit, quit waiting to get the answer before you step. The answer comes after you step. He says he is the provider. He provides in faith. You step in faith, he provides by faith. Quit waiting and dictating and telling God to fill in all your blanks and then you step. That's not faith. That's not faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same God, same God. How many of you in here have ever had an Abraham moment? How many are in an Abraham moment today? How many of you know there's an Abraham moment coming don't waver. He will provide. You just walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. His faith and his action working together. They got to work together. Can't have one without the other. Where are you today? Where's your faith today? What's he asking you to do? For some of you in the room, here's what he's asking some of you. Will you by faith get in my word and start believing my word? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Some of us need just to get in the word. If we'll get in the word, that'll position us for the purpose he's about to show us. You can't see your purpose because you can't get in the position. Get in the position 
and then you see the purpose. Right now you think you see it, but it's all fuzzy. You don't wanna move because you're scared. It's, it's, it's fuzzy, it's weird, because why? Because you don't have the word to light your path. My God's not confusing, okay? There was nothing confusing about Amarella, except for what I made Amarella, all right? It was clear. When we stepped, God did too. When we came here to take this little church as a pastor, we came on half the salary we were making currently with a fifth grader and a sixth grader. And for three years, we operated that with no retirement and no insurance. And God provided, provided. I mowed yards on Friday. My wife scraped gum under the desk in the elementary school. Didn't say it'd be easy. He just said he'd provide. Amen. What does God want to do in your life? Where's your Abraham moment? Is your God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. Mm. God, this faith thing's not easy. It's really hard. But God, you've called us by faith. Salvation starts with faith. Believing you died on the cross for us. Believing that we can confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is faith. God, if you start with faith, you're gonna operate in faith the whole way. So God, I pray that you will open our eyes to the faith that you're calling us to. That we will know that the same God yesterday is the same God today and the same God forever. God, you were faithful to Abraham. You'll be faithful to us. You were faithful to Noah. You'll be faithful to us because our God doesn't change. So God, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to say, whatever you need to do to nudge us, move us, whatever, God, I pray you do that in Jesus' name. God, as we worship you, Right now, draw us by the Holy Spirit in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.